Welcome back to Optimistically Salty. My name is Tracy, and I'm going to start this episode off with a brief disclaimer and a trigger warning. I am just a regular person, not a doctor psychologist. I have not taken training for eating disorder recovery. This is just about my experience and trigger warning in case you have your own behaviors. This might kickstart something for you. So just to be open and honest about what you're about to listen to. And as a special note to a very important friend of mine, here comes the introduction music. Thank you. Welcome back to Optimistically Salty. My name is Tracy and I'm going to try to record this in one go because it's been a while, but I also put my phone in airplane mode and I'm sitting in my car awaiting a grocery pickup. I felt like this is the best opportunity I was going to get to record with as little interruption as possible, aside from occasional traffic passing. So here we go. Um, If you are a person who is in my life, you probably received a text message from me this morning because I have been doing a little bit of a, let's call it a self-assessment over the past week and a half or so. So I made the decision to do what I have fondly now referred to as a spiritual walkabout, where I turned off my phone a lot. I deleted my social media apps and I really was very selective and careful about um, if I was watching TV, what I was watching, like what I was inputting into my brain. Recognizing that I'm an input junkie and I already seek things constantly, it was a really difficult break for the first few days. Um, So I also, during this time, was practicing some fasting Um, I had already been doing intermittent fasting leading up to this break, but I was just kind of like, let's start to tune into your body. And I actually followed something called a mono diet, which is when you eat like only one single food when you're hungry. Because I was kind of thinking, I'm not really tuning into my body anymore. I'm not actually mindfully present in my body. Um, I'm aware of like cravings, but I don't recognize hunger or satiation anymore. So I did this mono diet for maybe four days and I'm going to go back and forth on this. Let me start by saying, if you are somebody who has an eating disorder past, please do not think that I know anything (laughs) or can help you like find the right people to talk to in your life. But this is what happened for me and this is my experience. So after about however many days, four days it was, um, I felt the most connected to my body that I have felt in a while. And I started adding in other foods again. I was eating breakfast as soon as I woke up. Like I started having a healthy relationship with food again. And that was kind of the moment that I realized that I had backslid into eating disorders again. (laughs) I didn't even notice that it had happened, but in this like undoing process, 
I realized that I have been back in my eating disorder for probably almost a year. I actually remember the moment that it was triggered and started up again. Um, I was in yoga teacher training and we had gone in for a weekend training and somebody brought in two boxes of donuts and I had donuts and maybe I had one or maybe I had two. I don't really remember how many I had, but that was the moment for me that I started back into my eating disorder. So the weird thing for me now looking back is I can see all the little things in my life that kind of contribute to and play a part in it. I start suddenly becoming like really interested in what other people do. And I'm like constantly questioning how they're managing their weight, how they're doing it. Because I feel like maybe other people have the answer on how to be quote unquote normal. And if I look back to early last year, um, when I find myself at what I would consider to be like a normal, healthy-ish human body weight, that's usually when I'm eating mindfully. And when I start to see my weight creeping up and I start to see diet interest, um, that's when I'm in trouble. So I'm maybe, I, my eating disorder history is more about binging and purging um, and orthorexia, which I will also talk about today, which I've not talked about before. Um, so with anorexia, you're withholding and controlling um, with, for me, like a binge purge cycle and orthorexia looks like this. Food are labeled as good and bad, um, or like clean eating is what I'm all about. And I will only eat the foods that I'm allowed to eat because they're the foods that are the healthiest for me. I get fixated on nutrition, health, um, calorie counting. I have this like ritualistic behavior around it. And I have been able to, in the past, count calories without it being over the top, more of just kind of learning what my body feels like. But I have also experienced calorie counting that then led to a backslide. So my realization that I basically woke up over the past week and a half was that I was like, oh, I'm starting to get fixated on food as being good and bad. And that's what happened with the donut situation last year. Donuts are bad. <laughs> they're not just food that I've assigned a label to. It's that they're bad. They're bad for me. And then my deepest love and passion, jujitsu, started to get involved, which I have not experienced before. But looking back and realizing oh, I want to cut weight for competition, that might just not be something that's available for me anymore. I might just have to be okay fighting against the really big girls if I want to compete and have to just accept that and move on. If only, you know, if nothing else, it's a reason for me to just keep getting better and practicing harder at that art instead of worrying about what weight class I fall in. So... 
orthorexia. Um, the binge purge for me has changed a lot as well. And I think that's the reason why I didn't see it coming. So when your eating disorder is created in, for me, it was when I was quite young, um, you start to, it doesn't come from nothing. Your eating disorder has a job. And so part of my kind of self-work has been journaling and writing down and kind of assessing what my eating disordering job was like. Um, I felt like I didn't have a lot of say-so in my life or a lot of control in my life when I was younger. And so my eating disorder gave me something to control. Um, I felt like if I had emotions, that emotions were discouraged um, I've mentioned before on the podcast, like the, the phrase, if you don't stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about is like a huge thing for me. Um, like how dare you show emotions, suck it up and shove those down. So an eating disorder became an emotional outlet for me that I was like, I can do this by myself. Then I'll just let the emotions out later where I won't get in trouble for it. Um, And then there's also this, like, if you're not working on yourself in some way, then you're being lazy and you're not enough and you're not worthy. You should always be hustling to make yourself better. So that can be kind of a trigger for me as well. Um, And then it was just kind of a big, dark secret to run around with. So I spent time breaking down for me what my eating disorders job was. And I basically had to turn these lions into lambs. I had to go after each of them and face them and start to say, okay, well, having an eating disorder doesn't give you control of anything. (laughs) I had to break down these big, scary ideas that were my eating disorders job and basically tell it you, I'm sorry, your services are no longer required here. Um, one of the big things for me that I kind of want to touch on too is about orthorexia and restriction. So I have damaged my body in a lot of different ways over the years, and they may not be like the fun, cool ways that people consider damaging their bodies. Like binge drinking was so socially acceptable in our 20s. But I realized that these behaviors have removed me from my life for like two decades. And I look around and I see people who are the same age as me and I see what they're doing in their life and I see how much I've missed out on because of this. Because I was always preoccupied, obsessing, researching, whatever, caught up in this numb place that I couldn't actually get out of it and live my life. (sighs) Okay, got that. So I just want to put these out there. This is just what I experience. But if you are relating to things here and you just are maybe waking up to your own stuff or you are starting to realize that there are people in your life who are feeling these things. Eating disorders are pretty common. Um, And I think that my big goal for myself for the next year is that I'm not allowed to start a diet. 
I wrote post-its all over my house that I need to actually show up for my real life and that I'm not allowed to be on a diet for the next year. My goal is that I will never again, ever, ever, ever be on a diet. For me, that looks like excluding whole food groups like, oh, everyone's doing keto. Um, If I'm hungry, I'm just going to eat. And I'm going to learn more about mindful eating and paying attention to the physical cues I get because I have food preferences. Like, for example, I don't actually like donuts. I just don't. They're too sweet to me. I'm not interested. But as we've already discussed, I have a donut issue. So if donuts are around and I'm hungry, then I'm going to eat a donut and deal with it. And or I'm going to be like, I don't really like donuts, so I'm going to find something else to eat. (laughs) And find that place where I'm okay with either solution. So for me... Restricting whole food groups is a big thing, whatever the latest fad is, Um, counting calories, um, even counting macros. I found flexible dieting with macros to be really good for me just to give me some tools, but I'm realizing at this point I need to kind of take my tools away and just focus on other areas of life. Um, One of my big ones was drinking the magnesium calm in the evening. If I was feeling like bloated or not great, um, instead of using the magnesium calm to calm my system, I would overdose on the magnesium, which is a natural laxative. Um, Over-exercising or vomiting is another way of like burning off your extra calories. I cannot wrap my brain around exercise. I love jiu-jitsu. I hate running before jiu-jitsu, but I love jiu-jitsu and I will go there and I will work my ass off and I will finish that and I will feel like I should still do at least three more hours of exercise because I don't know why. So finding a healthy space for exercise is probably going to take a while. Um, Right now I'm very literally doing no exercise whatsoever. Um, I am resting. (laughs) I go out and take a walk and talk to a friend, but that's about it. Um, If my back and my body are sore, then I will do my yoga and that's about it. I haven't been on my bike in a couple weeks and I'm just trying to reset that system a bit. Um, Overeating and then restricting or undereating. This is a big one for me. If I would, let's say, eat out, so a meal that is probably just fine to eat, but I would feel like I overate, so I would have this meal, I would overeat, and then the next day I'd be like, well, I ate so much yesterday, I'm not going to eat so much today. So not listening to my hunger cues of the day, but just making the decision that I was going to restrict my food because I had quote unquote overeaten the day before. So like that mindless eating leading to mindless restriction. Um, Avoiding eating and intermittent fasting. I love intermittent fasting because it feels so good to my body when I intermittent fast, but I can't. I have to just understand that it's just not for me. It's not healthy for me right now. I don't know if it ever will be, and I have to make peace with that. 
And then the binge, the binging, just the mindless eating. And I don't know if I talked about this on my previous eating disorder um, podcast, but for me, I'll eat something which is classified as like a bad food. And it doesn't even have to be a bad food. It will be like, oh, I had a bagel. And either it will taste really good or it will, I'll be like, ooh, I'm just going to have one more. But that one more makes me feel like just a little bit too full. And that little bit too full, or if I'm eating like I can't eat and watch TV, because if I eat and watch TV, then I don't notice my body's cues like, hey, you're full. You can stop eating now. So when I hit that little bit too full, it goes into binge mode, which is where it's almost like an OCD ritualistic blackout of eating where I just consume everything. And I mean, I can probably eat five to 10,000 calories in a day if I'm not careful about it. I can remember in the past having these really big binges and then it was just about the how do I get it off? How do I, I have to pay for what I've done kind of an attitude almost. So why am I sharing this? Basically, I'm just having a Brene Brown moment with this. If I hide, if I don't talk about this, this will continue and I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore ever again. (laughs) And I think about it with food. I mean, if you have an addiction to alcohol and you quit drinking alcohol, you're fine. (laughs) Not you're fine. But let's put it into perspective. You have a smoking addiction, a drug addiction. You don't need smoking to live. You don't need alcohol to live. You need food to live. It's this addiction that you either recover from or you don't. It is either the death of you or you get to get a life. And I'm opting out. I would like to go for the life option at this point. Some big changes are going to have to happen in my life in the coming future um, until I can get a handle on this. I am, you know, of course embarrassed I mean, who wants to not cry on a podcast? Who wants to be living like this? Who wants to be publicly sharing that they're living like this? Who wants to be like, yeah, I totally can go eat a burrito with you and then have your friends wonder, oh, I wonder if she's going to purge or I wonder if she's going to go home and try to exercise that out. And the thing is, you probably don't care that much about what other people do, but that's what happens in my head. I get so quiet about life because I am so caught up in what other people are thinking about me or worrying about me that I can't function and I have to move on. So let's just call this the spiritual walkabout that led to the decision that I was going to opt to go all in in actually living my life. I think I'm going to close out with Bon Jovi if it's on here. So if you listen through Anchor at the end of my episodes, there's always a clip of a song. 
I don't think it works on the other um, options, but if you're listening on Anchor, you can hear like some little song that I play at the end that I feel like ties into my emotional state. So maybe it will be like a little Bon Jovi, It's My Life. (laughs) I'm kind of feeling that right now. So um, I just want to thank you guys. Um, I so, so, so deeply appreciate that I have got to this place. I'm so happy to recognize what is going on. I wish I would have recognized it sooner. I wish so many things, but, um, I'm so filled with this feeling of contentment right now. I feel so awake and connected to my life that I can't, I can't keep going the way it was going. And I don't know what that will mean. I don't know what things are going to have to be removed from my life. I don't know what activities are going to go, but opting for this like all in, I've decided to show up for my life is um, a pretty amazing feeling. So I love you all. If you made it this far through the podcast, bless you. The next one will definitely be not this topic, but um, I appreciate each of you. And if you are somebody who is also struggling with similar things, you are more than welcome to reach out to me. I am of zero help, perhaps, but um, maybe some understanding. Thank you. I love you all. Please be safe.